0: You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 361. Today, we're talking about mommying while Muslim with Zeba Hassan. kids. Welcome to this episode of the Mamba Mama podcast. Yay. Glad you're here. Dear listener, this is going to be an awesome episode in just a moment. I'm going to be sitting down with the host of the Mommying While Muslim podcast, Zeba Hassan. And since there was no PhD in parent or life coaching, she decided to create one herself and she's received trainings and certifications and parent coaching, sleep training, spiritual mediation, conflict resolution, positive discipline, adolescent brain cognition, and more. I love talking to Zeba. We're going to answer all kinds of questions about what it's like to be an American Muslim mama trying to raise kids who are also 100% American and Muslim? You know, is it possible to be progressive and Muslim? You know, i had many misperceptions and probably a lot of us do. So we talk about a lot of different things in this episode that you may have questions about too, that it's okay to have questions about. So I'm so excited for you to dive in. So join me at the table while I talk to Zayba Hassan. You are one of the co-hosts. Of mommying well Muslim, and I want to talk about that. First of all, I want to ask you about like why you wanted to start this. Uh, but uh, you know, also coming from the point of view that you know a lot of a lot of non-Muslim Americans have, probably including myself, have a lot of misconceptions about Muslim Americans, and and also our ideas are very much colored by the media. Yes, my sister-in-law. But I've had some experiences that have sort of open my perception just a little bit knowing that like in the media this perception is that like every muslim is like really devout and super super you know on the like conservative end and but yeah i have a sister-in-law who's um she's simply culturally muslim because she was she her father she grew she's senegalese she grew up in italy but she's senegalese her family's senegalese so they and and so they're she just like, the only reason I, cause I tried to give her some bacon and she was like, no, thanks. But and you're like, that, what do you, what do you, why don't you want to eat some pork today? I was super confused. Like, why, you like, why are you saying bacon? no bacon is the best? I know. That was the only sign I ever had. I was like, oh, I didn't even realize. So like, there's just like, at least my understanding is, mm-hmm. you know, just like ever, any other religion, there's a whole gamut yes. from like culturally non-practicing to like really intense. There's that whole spectrum there. So, 100%. Okay, good. Um, So I just wanted to get that out there because I think that there's like a weird perception out there. So why did you start mommying mommying, while Muslim?
1: Well, you know, we talk about it a lot on the podcast because it really was something, um, you know, I I grew up biracial. My mom was a convert. She is of Irish descent. My dad is Pakistani in like the late seventies, early eighties, as I'm going to be dating myself and telling people how old I am, um, over 40 and feeling fabulous. Um, but it was just one of those things where, you know, I, 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 Pass like, and that's that's a term that um, a lot of D&I people, um, in wait, wait, DNI people use and diversity inclusion, diversity and inclusion. Um, okay. It's so when you can pass, you can pass for the majority um, population within the country. So for me, until somebody hears my name, they're not quite sure what I am, who I am. So they kind of just loop me into your quote unquote normal. Um, and one day we were traveling home from um, Chicago, which is where my family's from. Um, I was traveling with my four kids. My oldest at the time was 14, um, 14, you know, at that stage where he kind of looks like a man, not like a man, that weird gangly, um, teenage phase. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm always the caboose. I'm sure you probably have a similar system. So I'm in the caboose. I'm with my younger one who was in the stroller at the time. Um, and, I can't believe he was in the stroller because he looks such like a, such a big boy now. And all of a sudden I was like, what is taking so long And the security guy was kind of giving my son a hard time. So I kind of had my daughter watch the younger two and I walked up and I'm like, is everything okay? They're like, he doesn't have an ID. You guys can't get past. And I'm like, he's 14. He doesn't need an ID. Like there's no way he's 14. And, Our last name is Hassan, which is a very um, Mm -hmm. obviously Muslim last name. And after 45 minutes of interrogation, separating my kids and essentially asking them, like, how old is your brother? All these questions, because, of course, I'm not traveling with ID for him. I had my ID and that's pretty much about it. And, And we sat down, we finally got to the gate barely. And my oldest was kind of like, what what was that about? And then I realized at that time. He was now being viewed as a Muslim man in America versus a Muslim boy, and his experiences are going to be different than mine as a mom. And I didn't know how to support him because these types of microaggressions hadn't necessarily happened to me at that point, right, Mm -hmm. in that capacity where I'm like, I can't argue, you feel helpless, because I'm like, are they going to take him somewhere? Like, I'm going to be by myself. What rights do I have? I had a childhood friend. Her name is Dr. Osma Jaffrey, And I called her up and I'm like, is there a place where I can kind of like go and find answers? Because he's really concerned about this happening and I don't know how to help him. And she was like, <laughs> she literally said to me, why are you not traveling with your passports. You need to be traveling with your passports because she is a very um, identifiably Muslim um, Mm -hmm. woman and her family is as well. And she has always had that experience of being stopped. And and so in my quest to essentially find the answers for myself, I recognize that we as American Muslim women and mothers in this country, meaning our parents might've come from another country, but we were born and raised here and our kids literally have zero relation to any other country, but America, we have, we're we're this really unique generation in trying to raise native born Muslims that are hundred percent American, but they're still being, being almost like, um, what's the word? I can't explain Not that they're being blamed, but they're definitely being made to answer about an event, September 11th, that happened before they were even born. Um, And in trying to find the answers for myself, I realized there wasn't any. So we decided to start one. And funnily enough, we decided that's how Mommy While Muslim podcast was born. Um, And a majority of our listeners were actually non-Muslim, which I thought was such a happy accident because I believe that because we feel very differently as men, myself, and we bring a lot of American Muslim moms on the show that think very differently than we do. Hmm. We're providing an insight into what is actually American Muslims. And like you said, in the beginning, we're, different shapes sizes cultures colors you know ethnicities and we are so diverse we're probably one of the most ethnically diverse religions if we actually do the research on it and a lot of people don't know that because the media focuses on one demographic um which is tends to be the the gulf arabs which none of i mean we're not even arab right so and so it's one mm-hmm. of those things where you know you're kind of put into this um, box and you don't belong there and our kids are like I don't even want to be near the box so how to support them um, while keeping their uh, their identity is very um, is something that we feel very strongly about at Momming Well Muslim.
0: Yeah I mean that's interesting because like as a like a minority religion like there's all these different people that you're, you know, that are, are, you know, like you said, all the different shapes and sizes and, you know, colors and, and, and yet it's not visible, right? The only right. visible piece up non muslims see is like a woman in a hijab, hijab or a scarf, right. or, whatever, or, a scarf you know? or or she's being mistreated by her husband and she doesn't have, she's quiet, but
1: the majority of the women that I know are extremely loud. They're in <laughs> charge of their households and it's a very different situation. So we kind of wanted to break down the, the barrier. We've kind of given this accidental mic to, to break down some of these stereotypical barriers. And We're just kind of running with it. We're like, we don't represent all American Muslims, but if you need somebody,
0: we will get it for you. Do you see that like in the United States, the, 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 as the generations are progressing, that things are changing in like Islamic culture in the United States? Like, I'm just wondering about that because I've, I've been doing some work, um, for a conference that um that a parenting unconference that's going to be happening in Abu Dhabi. Mm, and, that would be great. Um there are some culturally sensitive yes. topics, <laughs> topics. Uh-huh. that a we lot. can't address. <laughs> and we're kind of like we're this like I'm in this uh content group and I'm gonna yeah. be a speaker there, but I'm also like uh we're also, you know, we're hoping to maybe address these maybe like in, in future years, right? right. To warm up the audience, yes. but, but you don't, so- you don't, you don't
1: want to shock people on your no. first hands.
0: No, 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 <laughs> exactly. Um, so are have you are, you no? Know, I mean, cause like culture in, you know, like at least in, in the United States, like culture is progressing. Like there's like, you know, people fighting for trans rights and queer rights and all of these different things. And like, we're moving away from conservative, whatever religion they are right. sort of, places and and are you seeing that like the islamic uh, culture at least around you guys and and your you know contemporaries is also changing so you know the funny thing is
1: um when you talk about the conservative muslims right like mm-hmm. but when you actually go to the conservative uh principles of islam and you go back to the time when it was starting to be developed, The things that make us Muslim today were so, you know, out of the ordinary for the time and the place, meaning- Well, it was really progressive at the time. It was extremely progressive, right? I didn't know
0: anything about it, but I took, and I'm not- christian i was raised without a religion so i took a world religions class yes and like the one of the first things he started talking about was abraham and i I had to be like excuse me who's abraham i was like the only person what's going on can i just start but like the the whole idea that like judaism christianity and islam are all connected by this figure and then and then you know it gets a little like there are these you know Jesus was super progressive and as a figure in Islam. And then, you know, Islam was super progressive for the time, which is something also I learned on your podcast because I listened to the best of episode and you talked about how Allah was like pro, like, um, you know, women's pleasure. I was like, this is like fabulous.
1: (laughs) Those (laughs) are our our favorite episodes. They're like, you know, and that's kind of what, what happens, like the patriarchal system that came onto Islam Mm -hmm. Took a lot of that off and and put this culture on top of the religion. And what I'm finding is because we're so diverse culturally right here in the quote unquote salad, melting pot, whatever the the turn of phrase is that we're using right now in America, we can take the culture of quote unquote back home out and focus Mm -hmm. on what the religion ultimately Stands for and what it needs to be. So, I would argue that our kids are moving towards that progressive, um, cult uh, that progressive Islam that is what it was supposed to be if you took the culture out of it because we don't have a joint culture, right? Whether it's mm-hmm. Arab or whatever, these kids have taken that off and they're like, okay, we're American and we're American Muslim. Like, my daughter is literally she woke up on her own. I couldn't fast today. It's Ramadan. Um, oh. so she woke up on her own this morning, um, and made her breakfast. She did all that on her own. I don't say you have to fast or have to, she, but she understands the principle. She wants to do it. She feels empowered and she feels good when she does it. These kids are making those choices on their own because they're reading about the why and not being told you have to. So I would mm. argue that these kids are actually really looking at Islam the way that it's supposed to be portrayed. What is the spiritual aspect? Like I talk about this all the time on the podcast. You know, we pray five times a day, right? A lot of people are like, what the heck are you doing? You're so super conservative. And I want, and I tell people, I'm like, do you think God needs us to pray to him? Regardless of what God <laughs> believes in. He does not, but he recognizes the weakness in us as humans to take those mindfulness breaks throughout the day Mm -hmm. that has been scientifically proven to increase productivity, help with your brain synapses, and to be able to like rest and recharge throughout the day. I view prayer as that my Mm -hmm. opportunity to rest and recharge. It's a, it's a great, and that's how I teach my children. So Mm -hmm. do I think I'm going to hell if I forget a prayer? No, but I know God knows I need to take a break and to pray. Mm -hmm. So I feel like these kids are getting that versus getting the, if you like how I was raised, like if you don't pray, blah, 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 but then your parents aren't telling you what was the meaning of prayer. What is that, that spiritual aspect behind it? Why do we fast? Uh, is it just because we don't want to eat and drink during the day? No. What, what are we trying to feel? What are we trying to embrace? Those are the things that these kids are actually moving towards that I think is an amazing thing. having, frank conversations about sex and sexuality and dating and these types of things, which I have a feeling those are the types of topics you cannot talk about in Abu Dhabi, but being open and receptive to your children, recognizing that they're sexual beings and giving them the power to be able to one explore that, that is a God-given right to us um, as Muslims that we don't talk about Enough. But so my kids are very unfortunately probably way too open with me about these types of things. But I feel like I'd You're rather like, them enough. ask me. Yeah, I'm like, I don't need to know. Um, <laughs> here you go. But the reality is you want to create that open space of dialogue because guess what? Where else are they going to get that information from other than from you? And I would much rather them get it from trust, or if it's not for me, a trusted source. And that's what we at Mommy Well Muslim have done is curated an amazing group of women that are experts in their field and i feel like we're breaking those stereotypes that we've been put
0: into stay tuned for more mindful mama podcast right after this break we are supported by organifi a line of superfood blends that offers plant-based nutrition made with super high quality ingredients I'm loving the Organified Green Juice. I had the Organified Green Juice. It's made for body reset and stress support. It has this its lovely flavor, lightly sweet. It's this sort of minimal mint, and it has the 11 detoxifying amazing superfoods. It promotes balanced cortisol and stress levels, weight management, and detoxes the body. And I loved it. I had it before going out for some french fries, honestly. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers and contain less than 3 grams of sugar per serving. Like my favorite, the green juice, which the essential superfoods, and a clinical dose of ashwagandha. It helps reduce stress, support healthy cortisol levels, or they have the Organifi Red Juice, a superfood punch that increases energy without the caffeine and only two grams of sugar. Each Organifi blend is easy to use by simply mixing it with water, which is what I did, and it was great. Or your favorite beverage while on the go, and they don't compromise for taste. Organifi takes pride in offering the best superfood products on the market at a price that works out to less than three bucks a day. You can experience Organifi's high-quality superfoods without breaking the bank. Go to organifi.com/hunter and use the code Hunter for twenty percent off your first order. That's Organifi. O R G A N ificom dot com backslash hunter and use the code hunter for twenty percent off any item. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, I think that what I'm hearing you say is like it's like y- you're 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 taking these thing these pieces that feed you. You're taking these essentials. You're taking the why, and you're also kind of growing with your kids and learning and you know etc. Yes. It, it's not a, a rigid
1: practice, mm. and that
0: whole idea of like the idea of it being modeled, being, yes. a, you know, like understanding the why, like practices yeah. being modeled, practicing, you know, understanding the why and not forcing. Yeah. It's fascinating because we recently had um Micheline Duclef on um, who wrote Hunt, Gather, Parent. And she mm-hmm. went and talked to all these different indigenous cultures all around the world, and some cultures, like particularly Mayan cultures, mm-hmm. have, like extremely helpful kids. And it was, that was part of the thing. It was like, you were, the kids are never forced. Mm -mm. It was modeled. They were invited. They were told, you know, why, but it was never forced. And then, and that's like, that's this beautiful key to um, honoring our children's autonomy. And then, and, and that when we honor their autonomy, then they can choose to be, you know, to embrace their culture and the things that their, their parents are presenting. It's not like a force they have to push away from. Exactly. Exactly. And you're practicing something knowing the why. Mm.
1: How amazing is that? It's not, I'm just going through these rituals for the sake of going through these rituals, because this is what people do, but okay, let's go and explore what is the reason. So like even during this month of Ramadan, the whole point is to kind of read the Quran, which is our um our holy book. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these people read it in the native Arabic. My kids do know Arabic it is but it's obviously not their native language. So I force that's the one thing I do, I make them read it in English because I'm like you have to know what you're reading. Mm-hmm. And if you have something that you don't understand and you question it because it doesn't make any sense. Let's go work together to figure out why that came and why that happened, because how the Quran was revealed was it would different um, different sections would come out at different times. Right. And what was happening was a certain period of history. So I'm like, don't just take it for a very Go and read why when it was revealed, why it was revealed, what was going on historically. And then you can go back and be like, oh, that's why. So if you take anything one snippet, one line out of context, anything Mm -hmm. without knowing the full story around it, it can be a negative or it can be positive and not necessarily be a positive thing. So I really, and I, and I, and I feel like that is the new movement of parents here in America as American Muslims is to really force our kids to be like, okay, we want you to question. We want you to be like, okay, why is this happening? What, what, like I say, I was born Muslim, but I've as an adult chosen to be Muslim. I have my master's in divinity. I've read all the religions. I love it. We all have the same core, but ultimately for me, the, the path of getting to God is this path, but I feel like all the paths to get you to a higher spiritual being in essence, that's the path you're supposed to be on. This -hmm. is the path that I've chosen. So I make my quit kids question. And and if you questioning your faith, I don't want you to follow something blindly. I want you to go in and research it and and talk to me about it.
0: Yes, That's beautiful. I love that. Um, the, The whole idea of encouraging kids to question. Yes, yes, yes. Let's do that. Let's, let's have them have more awareness. Yes. Yes. So what are some of the biggest, what are some of the biggest challenges that Muslim Families are facing in the United States that maybe non Muslims are not going to be aware of. Okay. So,
1: and I'm going to try not to cry. So, my son, I I mentioned a little bit ahead of time that my son is going to college. Um, He was pretty good about, like, I want to do my own essays, blah, blah, blah. One day I happened to go, it was one of his essays was on the printer. I didn't think about it. I picked it up and I was reading it. And the first line was, I grew up in the shadow of the fallen towers. Hmm. And as I read that, I was like, what is, go-? because he's captain of the basketball team. He's like one of those, he's literally that kid. Like if you look, watch, you know, high school musical the b- b- teachers are high-fiving him in the hallways and, and I'm like, Oh, what, this is the experience that you had as and, so, and I'm reading it. Like these kids are dealing with things. That we, I thought we were protecting them from, but they're dealing with them. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter how much they were removed. It doesn't matter uh, the steps that we, as American born um, Muslim, the original generation, you know, past the 1960s, um, uh, 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 the, the immigration acts and all that, that happened after the civil rights movement. Our parents were that first generation that immigrated here. They're not. American enough still.
0: Hmm.
1: And they're still having to identify, especially if my son is more of an olive tone complexion, he's a little bit darker. Um, you know, so he's still, obviously our last name is a very Muslim last name. Everybody knows it from seeing it. I didn't real, I, as a mom didn't realize that even though you hear, you know, microaggressions, people are like, somebody would say, Oh, you speak English so well. Yeah. I was born and raised here. Of course I speak English. Well, I majored in journalism. I'm not quite sure what to tell you. Um, I'm sorry. You're surprised. Uh, or when they're like, oh, which kids are yours? I'm like, you see the only two dark haired kids over there. Those are mine. You know, little things like that, that you, you can kind of like chalk off and put under that. But I didn't realize that my kids were um, experiencing that pretty firsthand. And I did a poor job in, I think, giving them the tools that they needed to kind of work through that. Obviously they've done it on their own. Um, so I feel very proud of them for that, but in reading that essay, which really happened very recently was the first tangible sign that I saw that they're experiencing a different America than their, their peers are. Mm-hmm.
0: And the, so are they obviously are there's that challenges in the, in the airport? Are they getting, are they getting bullied at school? Like our, our parents, like, I imagine I would feel like if I was in that situation, I'd be like, Oh, I want to homeschool my kids. Like I imagine yeah. a bunch of parents might choose that. Like, is that, is that what, is that happening? So I
1: do think that that happens to a lot of kids. So I don't want to misrepresent that. Um, it, mm-hmm it has not happened to my kids. Um, and I do feel like athletics for them has helped them because it kind of put them in, I know this sounds terrible, but it puts them in a different category. Mm -hmm. Um, but it does put them in a category to help other Muslim kids, which Mm -hmm. they do do. Um, because their thing is you can't, You might feel like you can't speak out, but I can because I have, quote, unquote, street cred, and I will do that for you. Um, But that it does happen to a lot of children. Um, And just in little things like this. So I'm on the interfaith Interfaith committee here in, in the state of Virginia, and somebody reached out to me yesterday, which I hadn't been aware. They're like, do you know one of these AP tests is on ETH? I thought we fixed all, it is our religious, it's like one of our most, it's the end of Ramadan, one of our religious, and and there's no makeup dates Mm -hmm. for it. So he would Mm -hmm. have to miss. And I said, no, that can't be possible that I'm going back and I'm like, oh my God, sure enough, that is the case. So it's things like that, Mm -hmm. that we have to deal with. Now I had to go and connect her to the head of the voice to be like, okay, now we have to go to the high school. We just have to do these extra steps Mm -hmm. versus spring break is during Easter. You're going to get Easter taking, you know, like, but now I have to go and reschedule a test that I need for college because it's on my religious. So I'm either choosing to celebrate with my family or I'm taking this test. I don't i don't just automatically get that off so literally this happens last night so i'm at an event and somebody's texting me like who do i contact i can't go to the my son cannot take this test and i need your help for whatever so i'm trying to connect them to different things but why should our kids have to choose between like celebrating easter or christmas and taking a test like we don't have that that natural Um, respect, I would say, even though I worked really hard on the the calendar, but they got the calendar wrong. And I was like, oh, so we had to go back. And that was something I was working on until late last night to try to fix that. Because apparently it was through Fairfax County public school system, which is one of the largest public school systems in the United States. All these kids were taking a test on their religious holiday. So now we had to go fix it. So it's things like that, that I would think you would take for granted, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm going to get Christmas off. I'm going to get Easter off. I, I don't have to worry about making up a test or whatever, because I'm, I'm doing this. Our students can't do that. And they have to be put in a position where they have, they have to advocate for themselves for the basic things that other students are,
0: are taking for granted. Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcasts right after this break. We are supported by kid culture and I love that we do. In a world filled with digital sugar and junk food, kid culture is like digital fruit, wholesome, healthy, and tasty for your kids. So what is it? Kid culture has filled with videos for kids made by kids who share their personal local perspective. They review video submissions all the time to make sure they're safe and appropriate for kids, but it basically allows the kids to explore the world freely. Kid culture helps kids develop cultural awareness, understanding, and strong character. And they're launching a cultural awareness course that nurtures kids' minds and hearts through multicultural activities, games, and videos. Kids who do the course will make crafts, cook food, listen to guided audio stories, answer reflection questions, and teach others about their own culture. And it's all self-guided, so kids can go at their own pace, and parental involvement is optional. There's no ads, cyberbullying, or addictive algorithms. It is such a cool thing for your kids to do this summer and it's started by parents who have experienced the positive impact of cultural education in their own families the you know how you your kids have more empathy more understanding more confidence and for me whenever we can I get my girls to travel because cultural awareness is so important to you with kid culture you can give your kid that cultural awareness with out necessarily having to buy plane tickets. I highly recommend it. It's cultural education for the whole child. Buy the cultural awareness course for your child today. Go to kidculture.org slash mama. That's kidculture.org slash mama. So frustrating. It's like so much of human conflicts really come to this like in-group, out-group. Thing, Even right? within we're, our own
1: culture and our own religion, you know?
0: So, so this is not just
1: a cross intra it's an intra-religious and inter-religious um, situation. So trust me, if we don't come from a place of commonality, there's a lot of conflict.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that it's, it's hard for us. It's hard. I think it's just hard for humans. I mean, we have to be in this place, right? Like I think we need to be in this place mm-hmm. where we're thinking globally, where we're, yes. we're having compassion, for people suffering in all kinds of different all contexts yeah. all around the world. But it's not, I think that's not in, in some ways very natural for humans, no. right? Like we evolved in hunter-gatherer tribes where you yeah. have like max 150 people that you and it knew was your entire in life. your It was
1: literally in this geographical
0: area. It's only been in the last
1: 15 to 20 years that this explosion of, you know, being a more global world because of access to information that we have because of the internet. So this is a very, so this next generation is a very unique generation because they don't know what it's like. So I feel like we're in the middle. We kind of knew the before and the after, right. And we can kind of figure that out. I'm just lumping you in with me. You're probably a lot younger. And, but our kids, like it's, they're they're like i saw a Tac from some girl who's in like australia you know what i mean like they yeah. they have access to information that we don't have so they need to be equipped to be able to live in a global world because their world is global it's not just in the 2 mile radius of their house so having that opportunity to learn and understand other cultures I would say is a must now versus being like, oh, it would be nice to know. No, I feel like you now need to know what other cultures are doing because our world is actually smaller than it was even 15 years ago.
0: I agree. And I think there's a big backlash, right? Obviously, yeah. like globally, there's a big backlash to like let's get more insular, right? Yeah. As we need to expand. It's, yes, it's incredibly frustrating, and it's um, fear-based, right? Like yeah. it's because people are afraid of losing, of losing what they know,
1: not recognizing what you're getting is so much better. So if we Mm. are not fear-based and if we're like, you know what, like I get, I get to know somebody like we're literally having this conversation and we're on different sides, we wouldn't have had this conversation even five, 10 years ago. Like what a beautiful thing that is for expanding connectivity. Like, I I just feel like if you embrace it, it could be so great. It can be in a wonderful tool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, So what are you know i would love to this for this episode to just kind of empower my listener a, a little bit and 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 just the idea that we can say you know it maybe if we're uh, you know if you're a um, dear listener if you're a non-muslim and you're in a conversation with some family and you've got that you know that uncle joe who's got some <laughs> bad ideas <laughs> what are some of the stereotypes that are out there? And can you help us debunk some of those? I mean, I I think that might be really helpful. Uh, You just asked me, it's, it's so funny because, you know, I, I, we always
1: joke, like we actually had, uh, we went on a whole bunch of born again Christian, um, podcasts and Mm. a lot of people were like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And we're like, just gonna and we're like you know what throw whatever questions you have out of there because this is the truth of it you're thinking it whether or not you're saying it right Mm -hmm. so i would much rather you say it and be able to understand or even if you're not convinced we're not trying to convince anybody but if you can hesitate to Mm -hmm. think something when somebody mentions or let's say you have that uncle Joe at the tape. That's like, you know, I met a Muslim person. Trust me. I have, have had my uncle Joe's. My mom's family is, uh, is Irish Catholic. They weren't necessarily, but they, they, they loved us and you know, they might not have loved other Muslims, but we were family and they will, they love us. So, I feel like I'm in a unique position because I've actually seen that side from that perspective and understanding that it is a very fear based. It's like my mom thought my dad was the cutest Mexican guy she'd ever met. And because she, she didn't know what Pakistan was, like her worldview really was in the south side of Chicago, right? Where she was like, I. The only dark-skinned people I see, other than African-Americans at the time, were Mexican Americans or Mexican immigrants. There weren't that many Indians and Pakistanis in Chicago at that time. So you can't fault somebody for not knowing, right? So the one thing I would say is there are no questions for us, at least Usman myself, That are off limits. And we would much rather you ask us than think something or just or go to a a site where it has fake news. You know, we all know those sites. I would much rather you talk to me and ask me. um, And if we don't know the answer, we can direct you to somebody who can answer those questions for you. So the, the biggest thing I would say is one ask don't be afraid you know we're you know we're just like you right now i'm dealing with my poor cat who's at the vet right now and might have to have surgery so i'm watching my phone very closely in the meantime i have my four kids like texting me at various times like is she okay what's going on we have the same fears and we're literally going to throw money at the problem to make sure this baby lives you know and it, we love her and we're just like everybody we're just like everybody else and you know when we say allah which is god it's the same God that you pray to or another, a Jewish person prays to or a Christian person. And and actually, if you study Buddhism and that that concept of a greater spiritual power, whatever you happen to call that person or that being, I want to say, we're we're praying to the same God. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's the number one thing that people don't
0: get. Yeah, they they think think it's 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 something separate and
1: different, something separate. And it's
0: not, it's just the Arabic version for God. Yeah, just it's just a translation thing. Mm-hmm. It's a translation yeah. thing. Okay. That's cool. That's interesting. Well, I have a question. So yes. <laughs> I'm ready for it. My daughter came out to me this year as a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And I understand that in you know, in some parts of Christianity and in Islam, it's considered a sin, it's yes. bad, you know, et cetera. It's not accepted at all. Uh and I'm wondering, like, for if that is the case, because I don't really know about Islam. Um, what, how, what's happening for um, American Muslim parents when they have kids who are queer and and are yes. you know? Yeah, I'm glad you're answering uh, your ads because believe it or not, we we
1: at Mommy Well Muslim get a lot of DMs from kids that are um, or fear. That's their words than mine, that they might be gay or lesbian. They would like us to talk about it so that their parents could get the answer. And honestly, that's what we did. We had a full series on the LG, we were the first um, American Muslim podcast, actually, Muslim podcast period, that had ever um, talked about it. We literally, in one day, lost 4,000 followers wow. in one day wow. from the hate. And we were just like, listen, whether you want to believe it or not, it's there. It's been there since the beginning of time. So you're in denial if you don't think that that's the case. That's one. Two, Usman and I don't pretend to be scholars on anything, Mm -hmm. but what we are are moms who want to have, have a support system for marginalized members, even within our own community. And that is the LGBTQ community. And we had a transgender woman come on there, who, by the way, they, they're all, one was um, a lesbian, one was a transgendered, one was, um, uh, she actually um, started uh, a program for Muslim support, like it's a mosque. The, We wanted to be able to showcase, we're not saying this is right, this is wrong, that's not our job. Our job Mm -hmm. is not to judge you or to say this is what God, but our job is to provide you an outlet, a a, a community within a community so that you can go get the answers. And that's what we did. And for every one listener that we lost, because how dare you talk, because I think a lot of people think if you talk about it, then all of a sudden your kid's going to be gay, your kid is either gay or they're not. Okay. Let me just tell you that right now. So yeah. us talking about it is not going to convert them. Okay. It's just not going to happen. But what we can do is help some kid that's maybe, you know, uh, depressed, not knowing how to, to talk to their parents, not having a, a resource or support system. If we're able to provide that for them, that's what we're going to do. Did we get a lot of backlash within our community? hundred percent we did. Um, And, but for everyone, like I said, for every one person, there were two people that are like, thank God you guys are coming out. Sorry, pun. I did not mean to make that pun, but you're coming out with these resources for these kids because we're desperate. And Mm -hmm. who am I to sit there and say, if you're a transgendered woman who by the way, still identifies as a Muslim transgendered woman, Mm -hmm. I'm going to support you. I'm going to hold your hand. I I can't judge you. I don't know what's going to happen to us when we die, but what I can do is here on this earth, if you need help, I'm going to help you. And that's what we try to do at Mommy One Muslim. So we really do talk about these taboo topics that other people are like, who the heck are you to talk about it? We're like, people are talking about it anyway. We might as well, you know, bring it out in the open and share with you guys the resources that we're we're uncovering while we're trying to, to research this for our listeners.
0: Wow. Good for you. That's awesome. I'm, that's like a really brave choice, I think, too. It was hard. I bet that was hard to. But we were looking, we were begging people to come and people just did not,
1: they weren't ready for it. They weren't ready. Took us two years to find people open enough to be able to share their story. Um, And I feel blessed that they shared their story with us because they felt safe to do so because we've heard horror stories that somebody, would say, I'm going to come and help you, but then turned it around on them. And we were like, no, we're not doing that. We truly want to help you. Mm -hmm. So it took us two years to find people brave enough to come on the show. And we're like, you don't understand how many people you're going to be helping because this is one of this and sex are the two things that people DM us about because they don't know. And that we get a lot of these emails and messages and we really wanted to, um help these people because there were some kids that were like, I am so depressed. I'm contemplating suicide. And we were like, oh my God, we cannot help you. We want to help you. So this was kind of our version or our way of being able to h- help people um, on a broader scope. We individually helped everybody that emailed us. I'm sure you mm-hmm. do the same. Like if you're like, oh my God, I have to do that. But in order to like put it on a bigger platform, it took us a couple of years because we really wanted to handle it gracefully, recognizing that we were going to lose people along the way, and we were okay with that.
0: Wow. Wow. That's good. That's good for you for, for doing that. I mean, I can imagine, you know, that, you know, that idea of having this open source of information for those, you know, kids who are feeling unaccepted and that, you know, maybe hating who they are because of, yes. you know, it n- not, it not because of anything that's their fault. It's, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's heartbreaking to imagine that because obviously I can imagine that very clearly yeah. for my own daughter. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, um, yeah. Good and getting for- in the way
1: of their, or their spirituality, right? Yeah. So they're saying, I still feel Muslim mm-hmm. yet people are saying there's something wrong with me. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, that's a really yeah. hard thing. Cause as a or mom leaving, they're not accepted by God, exactly. Right? Or, or and they're not like accepted that. by God, but they're like, but we still love God. So this is who I am. He made me this way. Mm-hmm. Why would he not love me? Right. Mm-hmm. So like, there's a very fine line and it's, it, and it's unfortunately not even easy for people to talk about in other religions and cultures. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, so I just feel like it's, it's, it's a difficult thing for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I I haven't had any, I haven't like drilled any Christians on the podcast. So I'm sorry. (laughs) You're like,
1: I'm not sure. But honestly, we love them. So like, now we go to these podcast conferences. They seek us out. They get excited. They're like, "Hi, how are you?" And I'm like, you know what? Because I because again, we're 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 breaking the the stereotypes of what Mm -hmm. they think. Like they're like, are we a? one guy. It's literally before we started recording. We're recording like this are we allowed to talk to you without your husband present? And we're just like, what are you talking about right now? He was trying to be respectful, Mm -hmm. which not recognizing how filled with (laughs) microaggressions that was. I don't need permission from my husband to talk to you. You see what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. in a lot of times it's coming from ignorance and we have Mm -hmm. to take our own, viewpoint about it and try to give the person the benefit of the doubt. And sometimes it's really hard to do, but I feel like if we can try, maybe it'll make our lives just a little bit easier, just a little bit
0: easier. I'm sure it's easy, a little easier already from the work that you've done for many people. Um, what can non-Muslim parents and listeners, how can, how can they make it easy Easier, or how can we you know, offer support for people who are like dealing with the, you know, challenges and aggressions that you may not even be aware of?
1: well recognizing okay so first of all when you when you're watching the media or whatever the case may be because of course it's gonna you're gonna always show it's you're not gonna show the everyday muslims like myself taking out my garbage and going to a baseball game and doing that like we're boring right like that's not gonna that's not gonna make news so you know for every and by the way i even have these conversations with my own kids when things happen outside so having those frame conversations with the kids being like you know This is not always the case. Or if they bring something home or they talk about something, you know, why don't we go and research it? Let's go, like tonight, we're hosting an interfaith iftar. And I purposely invite some of the more conservative um, churches and stuff in the area. And sometimes people are like, why do you do that? And I'm like, because those are the people that we should be inviting. They don't have to come, but they have to see that we would love to invite you over and talk to you. And we're not trying to convert you or do any of those things, but really when you come and that's why for our podcast, it's so great. Cause we're, we're talking from the perspective of a mother when you, when you, it doesn't matter what religion you are, we want what's best for our children. And if you can come together on that, you really can bridge the, the, the gap. And that's kind of what we're trying to do on the podcast. That's what we're trying to do in general. So as a mom, just come as a mom, recognize, Mm -hmm. I want the same thing for my children that you do, but by the way, not in replacement of yours, but he should have, or she should have just, just as much right to have a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. And if you're at a table and you look around and you're like, huh, there's a whole lot of people that look like me maybe going outside of your comfort zone and creating a space for somebody that might not look like you is probably the best thing that you can do not only for yourself, for your children and for future generations.
0: Yeah. I think that makes sense. I mean, it, it kind of, it's like, you know, if you're in the in group, it, it's, everything's easier for us, but it's, it's, you know, I, at least as a white woman, I can say that like, it's, everything's easier, but we can specifically like seek out maybe different cultural events too, right? Yeah. Like, or yeah, why or, not, you know, it, be it, like, hey, like, listen, a- this would be kind of cool to learn about. Let's do this.
1: Let's do this instead. Like, this is not something that's covered in our classroom. Like maybe we can't, we don't have the funds for that, but maybe we can bring in a speaker that can talk about this from their perspective. And there you, everybody, especially if you're coming from a place of privilege, you don't realize what power you have you generically to be like, Hey, I, want to bring somebody not as a token and that's mm-hmm. the one thing i want to tell people but because i genuinely think that what you have to say deserves to be said so that we can be better off knowing you have a place of privilege and
0: it's it's i would feel like an honor to do that an easy way for many people to start especially with little kids is like books and resources mm-hmm. Any recommendations there? Oh, we have so many. Like, we're so blessed right now. We're at (laughs)
1: the stage where Hena Khan, um, Omar Khwaja, there's all these people that are um, writing for that younger generation. And of course, you know, it's regular tween kid type books. But the main character happens to be Muslim and you kind of get a glimpse of, and so it's so great for my kids to see that, right. To see their representation on, on paper, but it's so amazing to be able to have these in mainstream libraries because it's not that it's a book about Islam. It's just that the main character happens to be Muslim, going on these amazing adventures. That guess what? You do you would too, if you're you know if you're reading another book. So we're in a really amazing period right now where we have these uh, American-born authors that are writing books for uh, a non-Muslim audience but still maintaining their identity. And uh, I have to say we're super blessed and I'm happy to provide you links, connections to whatever authors I have connections to because
0: these people are doing amazing work. That's great. Why don't we connect up with some of these links after the fact and listener, we'll put them in the show notes for this episode at MindfulMamaMentor.com. I know some of my kids love like, graphic novels and, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. It just, it's a way to like normalize, create a mini culture in your home that normalizes ideas. Yes. Even if the larger culture is not accepting, we, we can create yes. a mini culture in our home that is accepting. It's so cool. Exactly. Um, well, Zayba, there's so many things I wish I had time to talk to you about. You guys, Zeba is, has, is has a training, a certification in spiritual mediation and conflict resolution (laughs) from Sufi University and the Karama Institute. She is also trained in positive discipline, adolescent brain cognition from the Mindfulness Institute. I'm not even listing them all. I- could talk to you about so many things because as you know those are all really fascinating
1: yeah I (laughs) love each of them individually I love them Uh, but for me you know because it is a very unique thing in our family because for me specifically it was breaking generational trauma um, and that was the kind of the reason why I decided to kind of go that route because within our own um, community we don't have those resources Um, and it is a very unique subset right to be able to understand the cultural nuances so I always joke I didn't have a like there wasn't a PhD in parenting, but being a parent saved my life. So I decided to cr- create one for myself. Um, and in yeah. doing, in helping myself, my hopes is to help other American Muslim moms kind of navigate this world. Um, because it is, you know, it's a very different world than what our parents, um, grew up in, and uh, how we grew up and we kind of have to adjust, um, to raise the best children possible who still drive you nuts, by the way. So no one's talking about perfect kids. Okay. We're talking about
0: being the perfect, imperfect parent for your own children. Amen to that. Amen to that. Zeba, I could talk to you so much. I love uh, connecting with you. Where can t- so Zeba is the co-host of the Mommying Well Muslim podcast. You are obviously a podcast listener. Go <laughs> check it out. That top love five it. episode was Yes, yes. to me. And, um, where else can people find out about what you're doing and reach out Um, right
1: now? We're, um, we're, I'm at, I'm the owner CEO of Emerge Consulting Solutions. And right now we're really focusing on the family um, sleep initiative because if you know, good restful sleep Really is the the cure for a lot of things, um, and and sleep and sleep issues is one of my major things. And coming from it from a spiritual perspective um, and non non medication, because um, unfortunately a lot of things that in my research I'm finding are people are medicating themselves to sleep and not getting the restorative sleep that they they need. So, Merge Consulting um, Solutions, I believe we're on all the. I'm not a social media person because that's my whole whole another podcast we will talk about the effects of social media on the brain, but um I, my my. Social social media team is on there. So look, look us up. Uh, and we're, we're happy to
0: help you. Awesome. Zeba, thank you so much thank for you, Hunter, so doing much. what you've done and no, thank you for doing voice. what you do. And I love every, <laughs> like, I love it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's been, it's been really good to connect and I'm, I'm, I just, I can't wait to talk to you again more about all the 17 other things we could do. Oh about. yes,
1: absolutely. <laughs> I'm here to help you however you want to be helped. All right. Okay. Thank you, Hunter.
0: I loved talking to Zeva. She's so cool. And I hope this episode has cleared up some misperceptions for you as it has for me. Listen, if you love this episode, please do me a favor. Share it on your Instagram stories and tag me in it at Mindful Mama Mentor. And you can always subscribe and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. It's such a big make such a big difference in this podcast world and you can support this podcast by doing that one simple thing it takes 10 seconds and I will greatly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart and listen I hope that this has watered your good seeds today and I hope you take that goodness with you and share it with everyone you meet. And I'm wishing you a great week, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting the podcast. It means so much to me. I really, really appreciate it. And I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Namaste. I'd say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better